0: Father, I thank you in advance that I am always changed by my time spent in worship and in the Word. I am a believer and not a doubter. Therefore, all things are possible for me.
1: I recognize that it's not by my might
0: nor by my power But by your Spirit spirit, Working mightily in me me, Which I overcome overcome,
1: Any adversity adversity, On our journey journey.
0: I am not afraid afraid Of what sickness can do to me me. Because by your stripes
1: stripes,
0: I am healed I am am not afraid Of financial lack Because all my needs are met according to your riches and glory, therefore I live out of your pockets, and not mine, and I cannot be overcome by depression, because you have gifted me with your peace that passes all understanding, and you won't take it back, I am an overcomer.
1: I am an overcomer. Yes. Come on. yes. Yes. Yes.
0: I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. Because, you overcame. because you overcame. And I cannot be stopped. And I, be stopped. And I won't be stopped.
1: I, won't
0: be stopped. I, love you, Lord, I love you Lord. Because you're a good, good father. You're a, good, good father. You're a father to the fatherless. And no one has to go farther. No Amen. Give the Lord a big Amen. shout.
1: Amen.
0: Okay, everybody, everybody sit down. Thank
1: you.
0: Michelle, come on. please. Chad. Come on, please. Okay, stand here right there, you hold hands right there. don't worry about the difficult stuff you have been going through at the job. You're going to break through. Okay? Because it's what's supposed to happen. When you first came here, we we prayed, we have taught, we have cared. Don't let that slip. Sometimes it, it takes time for it to develop. Okay? If it took time for it to go one way, it takes time to go the other way. Do not, do not let it slip. Because there's about to be a breakthrough.
1: Yes.
0: Yes. There's about to be a breakthrough. And what you saw in Alaska is going to pale in comparison to what God's yeah. going to do here. But don't look to anything outward to make this happen because God's already put the power on the inside. Yeah. Understand that what we get comes from the inside out. God's already put it on the inside. Destiny's on the inside. Uh, Your DNA, everything's on the inside. God's plan and diagram for you and what you are going to look like physically is on the inside. And spiritually it works the same way. From the inside, we have to learn how to live from the inside out. So, So simply what God has spoken, what God has said is enough to cause... What he wants to happen inside of you. Remember the Bible, that God works from seed. Everything that we see, he said to everything that he made, there's a seed within it to reproduce. God's word is a seed. And the power to, to produce what he has said is in that seed of the word of God. Right? So this is the word of the Lord to you. There come there, come, there comes quickly a breakthrough. So what you need to do is you need to be prepared to manage and to handle The increase that comes your way. Okay? This is, this is what, what you work with. You do not look at your outward circumstances and what it looks like. Because God's saying this to you to put this word on the inside. Right? So, so you, 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 it comes from the inside. This is what God's gonna do. Amen? That's the word of the Lord to you this morning. Amen? To both of y'all. You've been good. You've done a great job. In transforming your family. And, uh, and sending y'all a new direction and trying to establish balance in places where it needed to be, you d- you've done good. God wants you to know you've done good. A good husband and a good dad. Matter yeah. of fact, you've been a good soldier. Right? But well, God's going to bless you. This is the time for y'all to, to draw closer, draw closer to the Lord, keep your disciplines. Don't be shaken by what's happened so far. Continue what he started, the path down he started you on. Amen? Because he's going to do what he said. Amen? Amen. It's coming. Amen. Amen. God bless y'all. Let's turn to the book of Job, chapter 1, verse 1. Book of Job chapter 1 verse 1. A lot of people, they like to identify themselves with Job for the wrong reason. Because there's actually two sides to Job's story. And you know which side I, I, I identify with. Not the struggling one. Right? That if you read the end of the story, that was something else that happened. So what we're going to look at is the middle. And then at the end of our message, we're going to look at the, we're going to look at the beginning. We're going to look at the middle. Let's get some history on Job here. And I want to speak this to you. And I want today, again, everybody, every time you come, I want you to pay attention. But this morning, I want you to pay good attention. Okay? Because this, this season that we're going into, the church is only going to grow. Not just in number, but from inside of the people. The people here are going to grow. The testimonies will continue. Alright, why? Because of me, nope, but because we, we're gonna keep feeding the right stuff. Right? If you fertilize properly, if you feed animals properly, what are they gonna do? They're gonna grow in strength. We feed our own bodies properly, they're gonna grow the right way. So we just continue to feed the right stuff Amen. to make us grow. Okay? So that's that's understand that this is this is what's gonna happen. We're gonna feed some good stuff. So this morning is gonna be the the foundation. Why you can? Why you should expect to grow? Why, from a biblical perspective, can can I make this statement? I'm going to show this to you. First off, we have to understand. We have to look at this. Job is one of the greatest examples of somebody. This is the intention that of God, or or the way He wants us to function outside of here. Most people's victory is only in church during the message or the worship. They see no victory outside of the church. And so that victory from the message or from the, the worship is, is is God is giving you a taste of what it can be like outside of here. If you will carry out the same faith that you're exposed to in the service outside the door, then you can see it. If you refuse to do that, then you won't see it. The only victory you'll experience is sitting in the pew. That's right. And so then the Bible says that hope, diver- hope deferred makes the heart sick. That means you keep hoping, keep hoping, keep hoping, keep hoping, hoping, never get it, you get depressed. Mm. It's almost like a situation to where a woman has a certain time she's supposed to deliver, right? And at a certain point they say, we can't let the baby stay in there past that, we got to go get it, right? So there's things that's supposed to come outside of you, there's times and there's seasons. When you put a seed in the ground... There is a certain amount of time they can calculate how long it's going to take for this plant or this vegetable or this fruit to grow when when we should be able to pull it. Yeah. Right. They can tell you how long you should have to feed a calf till it gets to the point to whether they're going to do whatever they're going to do with it. Whether we're going to slaughter it, we're going to sell it off or whatever. Certain things have natural clocks. Right? And it's the same way supernaturally. God puts seed on the inside of you. Now it may not be, it, there may not be a kairos, a chronos time to it, but there's a kairos time. Amen. I mean God's perfect time. Chronos time is a, is, is, that's where we get chronological time. It's a, it's a certain days, uh, certain hours or whatever. Kairos time is God's perfect time. Yeah. Right? That means God has a specific time, a right time for something to happen. This thing's going, going to develop and happen at the at the time that God wants it to happen, right? That's God's Kairos time. So, so the the the, the spirit of God has certain things that He's injected into you that He, he expects to bring to come forth at a certain time. Amen. So let's look at something. Let's look at if anybody ought to be great, it ought to be God's people. Is that right? Sure. Who, who did God, Who did God? we see God fellowship and tell stories about? All of the kings in the Bible, God influenced uh, their, their their kingdom. God was right in the middle of it, right? They, they might have thought they were running something, but God would send the prophet over there to tell them they had some kind of struggle, had some kind of problem. And the prophet running there and God steered the thing the way he needed to go, That's right. right? It might it have been an unrighteous king, but none of them were past the hand of God. So gotta go in there and, and and steer them one way or steer them the other way and make them go depending on the prayers of the people. You remember when the children of Israel came out of Egypt? He said, I heard the cries of my children. Now I'm sending somebody to go get them. Amen. Right? The baby's kicking in the womb. I gotta send somebody to go in there and get them out of there. Right? And so the Bible, what happened with them? What happened with the children of Israel coming out of Egypt? The children of Israel uh uh came out of Egypt, the Bible says that and how did they get there in the first place? You remember that, jo- uh, that Joseph was there, that the brother sent Joseph over there to Egypt? The brother sent Joseph to, to Egypt put him in all of that trickery, he winds up over there and then he winds up becoming great because of his gift. Somebody say this with me, say Joseph, Joseph became, great, became great, because great because of his gift. So Joseph gets planted in Egypt like a seed. Right? And the children of Israel wind up growing there. Right? They grew and grew and grew and grew and grew and grew, and grew there. Right? And so then it got much to the point to where uh, the Pharaoh says, we've got to start killing off some of these jokers.
1: <laughs>
0: right? And so uh, the whole, Moses goes through the whole thing, but it gets to a certain point. Just like I said, the nature of the seed is to be watered and to grow. So they begin to reproduce in that thing and they start to become great. And God says, listen, I got to go and deliver my people out of this place. And so what happened? Moses goes over there and Moses has them. The last uh, miracle that Moses did was he put the blood over the doorpost, right? So there is the showing of blood. just like when a baby's being born and then they crossed through the Red Red Sea and the water broke. And here they coming out. A whole nation came from one guy one God planted, whole nation comes out there has to be a time after the seed there, the Bible says in Genesis 8.22 that there will always be seed time and harvest time right, and so when you plant the seed of the word of God into your heart there's a time when it's supposed to manifest when you sit here and you hear that God is a, that that, that uh, when you give, it shall be given unto you, good measure, press down, shaking together running over, shall God cause men to give it, that's supposed to happen yeah. Increase is supposed to happen in your life. Growth is supposed to happen in your life. There is not one thing that is alive that does not change or grow. Only things that are dead do not change and grow. Yeah. My hair didn't used to be, be gray like this and I don't have some on my head. Change and grow. Right? And so this is the nature of God for things to change and grow. So let's look at, let's look at, uh, Job. Let's look at Job. It says, in the land of Uz that lived a man, I'm reading the NIV version. In the land of Uz there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright, and he feared God and shunned evil. And he had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and a large number of servants. And he was the greatest man among all the people in the east. Now let's look at, let's look at what it says in this short three verses about Job's character. It says, uh, this man was blameless. Everybody see that word? It said he was upright and he feared God. So he's blameless, he's upright, he feared God and he's rich. So rich that he says he's the greatest man in the East. Right? This is a man of God. Now this is, does everybody agree that we're reading this out of the Bible? If the Bible says you blameless and upright, you got to be all right. They wrote about this brother in the Bible. Said Job was blameless, upright, and he's rich. Right? And so some people say, well, he wasn't supposed to be. That's why God took all his money. Because Christians are supposed to be poor and broke. Now, well, if you, you just read the front part, you got to read the back part. Because God was the one who gave him double the riches and stuff he had in, in, uh, in the first place. Right. So we're going to learn something about Job. Again, the point I want to start by making is, is that we are not only supposed to have victory in the pews. Yeah. Say victory in the pew. Victory. Some Christians live off of pew victory. They live off of pew victory. That means the church, like I said last week, church show was good. What does that mean? That means I heard some things that I would really like to experience on the outside, but I don't really believe they're going to happen for me. So therefore, I'm going to have pew victory. I'm going to get all excited about it in church. And once I leave out of here, I do not expect for there to be any real change in my life. But because I'm a good Christian, I'm a happy Christian. And the Bible say, be content now. Be content. Right. It does say be content, but he tells us to take territory, too. He says for us to occupy till he comes back. Mm -hmm. He says for us to have dominion, right? Job was in his spot, right? We're going to read something about Job in a little bit after we discover how he got in that spot. But Job was in his spot. Godly people ought to be in their spots. We ought to be in places. I'm not saying we have to be rich, but we ought to be in places to where we have some influence in some areas. But we settle for pew victory. That being a good shot. We're going to read about what happened to Job. We're going to read about how Paul laid hands on the sick. We're going to read about Peter and them preaching. But we ain't about to do nothing when we walk outside this door. It's going to be pew victory. But God's not about pew victory. He's about dominion. It starts in the pew, but he's about dominion. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter three. Why do I keep hitting this button? Ephesians chapter three, verse twenty. Ephesians three twenty. We're going to talk about it. We're going to look and we're going to continue down the true meaning of Christmas and we're going to labor this point of how God gave us this tremendous gift that very very few of us use, that we leave it inside the pew. But this is the victory that God gave us to overcome everything when we walk outside here. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him who by, I'm reading the Amplified Classic Version, Now unto him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us. Did you know that there is some power at work within you? Right? Right? Is, is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose. Yeah. So so one, one clue we found out that the power is there to carry out God's purpose. God's, how many of you know that God has a purpose? That God has a purpose for your life. Yeah. To carry out his purpose and do super abundantly. Far over and above all that we dare ask, think or infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts hopes or dreams Amen. man that's some real superpower. Yeah. let's read that one again that's good, I don't really stopped and shout right there let's quit <laughs> now unto him with a capital H talking about the Lord, talking about Jesus who by in consequence of the action, because of the action of his power at work on the inside of us is able <laughs> Right? A part of our confession. It's not by our might, not by our power, but it's by His power. Right? So His power makes us able to carry out His purpose. Yes, sir. His power makes us able to carry out His purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask, think infinitely beyond our highest prayers Beyond our desires, beyond even our thoughts, beyond our hopes, and beyond our dreams. It says God's, this is some power, working. See, the, the listen, watch this. The prayers, the desires, the thoughts, the hopes, and the dreams, they begin in the pew. When we're in here in the presence of God's in here, man, you still, and you're feeling like, yeah, this is possible. Your faith is building, yeah. and you're experiencing God's presence. You feel like it's possible. But we leave that here. He says that He's able to do it in carrying out His purpose, not just to have you experience the the first fruits of it. He can take it to the end. Is there anybody in here that have experienced something that you you say there's a piece of your life right now that many years ago I felt like I could I, I'd never be in this place? Anybody here ever had? Hey. Amen. 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 Right? And so it may not be that past your thoughts, but if he can bring you this far, he can take you the rest of the way. Amen? Amen. Let's keep going. Let's turn to Luke chapter 17, verse 19 through 21. Luke 17:19 through 21. Talking about this this power at work on the inside of us. Luke 17:19 through 21. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, right, everybody's still looking for God to show up. Every time about this year, we're looking for God to show up in the next year. 2020 is going to be amazing. Well, he we said that about 2019. 2018, 2017, 2016, I take it back all the way to 87. My wife knew I was going to 87. <laughs> I take y'all all the way back to 87 '87's uh, One time my, my stepfather Who's deceased He took us to this party Over in the ghetto <laughs> And uh, All I can remember was this woman That's how I know That's proof that repetition to Put something on your mind You want somebody to get something Keep saying it Because this lady was lit She was drunk and the only thing she kept saying was, are y'all ready for 87? All night long, we in this house party. It was, that, that should have been the real house party movie, not the one that, the other one they made. Because they had all kind of stuff going on in there. Somebody, this, this guy uh, 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 had groped this young woman inside of the party. People was pulling out guns. She went and got the gun. My stepdad pulled out the knife. This is a small house. Small house, all of these things going on over the course of the night. Man fell asleep on the porch. Everybody leaving the party. He sleep on the porch. The sun is coming up, we stayed there. I'm telling you, this was a house party. And I'm like 13. I don't even want to be in this environment, right? And so I remember it though, because all this stuff happened. So this dude sleep on the porch. I remember what his boots looked like. Like he had some suede tan boots, and he was out, just drunk, sleep. They left from there. Nobody bothered him, right? So the gun got pulled out. They had the scuffle in the kitchen. After the the girl's daddy didn't even kick the boy out of the house after he caused all this problem. Let's just point. Everybody be happy. Okay. Stepdad pulled out the knife. And the woman did not stop running around asking everybody, was they ready for 87? (laughs) Throughout all all of these happenings, are y'all ready for 87? But she had that joy in her hand, though. Right? That liquid joy. Right? And she just kept, y'all ready? So listen, every year we're looking for it to be the year. But I want you to understand something. Uh, Luke 17, 19, just Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. We keep looking for God to show up. But what, did it, what what's, what's it say here? And he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say see here or see there for indeed the kingdom of God is within you
1: yeah.
0: we don't need 2020 to show up before God manifests Come on now. God already made the deposit on the inside of you when you accepted him as Lord and Savior we're not looking at 2020 we're not looking at 2021 we're looking at right now hey. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, Take or imagine according to His power at work on the inside of you. We don't need to clock the chains. We don't need to blow no horns. We don't need to set off no fireworks. We don't need to shoot no guns. It's
1: already there. Hallelujah.
0: You just got to take it out of the pew and take it with you everywhere you go. Yes. It's already there. 2020 make a difference except the way we sign the checks mm-hmm. and do the account. 2020 right in, in Texas <laughs> 2020 we got we got our, our slogan we going to 2020 vision we, we we doing that but it's just a you know it's just a because that's the way people's mind works but but God already with us right now yes
1: sir amen he with
0: us in 2019 people are like oh 2019 was so bad they're gonna start the memes up it's so it was so bad I can't wait to get to 2020 what's gonna change because people go to the store and spend money on these these horns and eat black-eyed peas. That's not going to change you. Huh, come on now. only thing he's going to do is to load you up with some black-eyed peas and empty your pockets with some horns. You're going to take the same you into that. I wish it would work like that. Name. Where one year going to the next year and, we, hey, look, it's all over and we're brand new, fresh and ready to roll. And miracles is happening because the clock switch. <laughs> Ain't no miracle, miracles going to happen unless the clock on the inside of you switch.
1: Come on, amen.
0: You can switch that this morning. Yeah. Matter of fact, anybody got any horns out there? Y'all okay. got any horns back there? We can blow them this morning. Right. We, we, if that's what it takes for you, we'll blow them this morning, amen. Let's go to Luke. Uh, let's go to Romans chapter 8, 31. Romans 8, 31. Wish you, man, everybody, but but we buy that dumbness every year. This year, it's gonna switch. Man, it ain't gonna switch. It switched a long time ago. It switched in Luke chapter two.
1: I'm
0: looking for something else hold on. A There we go We're in Luke eight thirty-one, thirty-two. 32 It says If God is uh, f- Starts off like this What then shall we say to these things If God is for us, then who can be against us He who did not spare his own son But delivered him up for us all How shall he not with him freely give us all things God's not trying to keep anything back from us. Let's go to Luke chapter 11, verse 13. We're just reading off some scriptures to put them in our foundational package here. Luke eleven thirteen 13 says, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Right? God's already given you that when listen, you don't listen. If you don't get, if nobody buys you anything for Christmas, God's put the ability on the inside of you to have, to get anything that you want or need. Amen. Pass your thoughts, pass your prayers, pass your desires, exceedingly abundant above all you can ask, think or imagine. He did this for you. But the problem is we don't know that He did it. Let's go to Colossians chapter one, verse twenty-four through twenty-nine. Colossians. Before we go there, let's go back to Luke chapter two. We've got to do a refresher on Luke chapter 2. Go to Luke chapter 2. Christmas time, this is our, you know, we go and we, we put this with the manger. We put this in the manger folder. We need to get it out the manger folder. That's why we got problems that's why after Christmas you can't take care of what you need to take care of and you're hopeless because you stuck this in the manger folder and put it in the attic mm-hmm. when it don't belong in the manger folder it belongs in your heart Amen. and it belongs in your mind it belongs in your mouth Luke chapter 2 and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night everybody familiar with that scripture? yes or no? You know, we know about that scripture that's the one that we, we get the kids up here. And we put them in the shepherd outfits. That's what. That's the one. Right? And they come over here and and it says, verse 9, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, uh, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which to be to all people. We even get the kids to say that line. The three kids come up, and they're, they're, you know, they, they, they the shepherds, and they come and they roll up, and they, the wise men, and they got the whole set up, and one of the kids delivers that line, and it's cute because the kids are doing. Let's see, there's really nothing cute about this. Something happened here that we missed in the cuteness. Come on now. Verse eleven. For unto you is born this day. Somebody say this day. This day. All right. Now this day is in our past. This is thousands of years ago. We don't need to get to 2020 because it already happened. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now understand here, look at the word that they used to say who was born. They used that word Christ on purpose. And remember what we have learned, remember what I've always shared with you, that just like your name might be Sam Smith or Johnny Walker, whatever your name may be. Bad example, but it was stuck, I don't got another (laughs) one. Sam Smith or Johnny Walker, Jesus' last name was not Christ.
1: There you
0: go. We don't know what his last name was. I thought his name was Jesus Christ. Did they say it on his driver's license? No. Jesus Christ. No. And look at the look at what they said was born here. Baby Jesus showed up, but they said at this time they described it another way. They said Christ. This day in the city of David, not in 2020, not in 2021, not in 2027, this day, it already happened. In the city of David, a Savior was born, which was Christ the Lord. Now that word Christ, that word Christ literally means the anointed one. The anointed one. Good church word nobody don't do nothing with. The anointed one. Let's go back to uh, Isaiah 10, verse 27, Isaiah 10:27. What is it about this anointing? I'm telling you that it is the anointing on the inside of you that makes Ephesians 3:20 what it is. The anointing in you makes Ephesians 3:20 what it is. I was born to be a troublemaker. I was never going to be a good church person. never. Wasn't going to happen. Pastor Mary wasn't going to happen. I was born to stir it up. Because I saw the truth. Church never did nothing for me. But until I saw this. You mean. Oh yeah. I'll, 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 I'll leave the strip clubs and the nightclubs for that. Yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. Isaiah 1027. And it shall come to pass in that day. Now we're talking. they're talking about that day again. This is before the day happened. But they're talking about this day. So they were the only ones that had an excuse to look for the coming of some new day. We can't, us looking for 2020, 2021 ain't going to do nothing for us. they the only ones. God said he was going to do something at this time right here. Amen. Right? Uh, uh Isaiah 10, 27 again. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and the yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Because of this birth of Christ Because of the birth of the anointing The yoke shall be destroyed Or this endowment with power There was prophesying saying What was going to happen On the day that the Christ was born into the world They was looking to a time It wasn't about a baby in a manger Listen I heard the bishop talking about this the other day The bishop said it's not about you it's about your gift. What about you? You're limited to how you look. Short, tall, black, white. That don't mean nothing. We just line up a bunch of people in the room. That's, those are extras in the movie scene. Just extras. But the star displays their acting skills. Right? So it's not about you and how you look. You just if you don't if you don't never show your gift, you're just an extra. Mm. <clears throat> That's good. You background filler. Mm-hmm. Why well, listen, why is Bishop T. D. Jakes known? Because of how he looked. He wears nice suits. We don't care about that. Line him up with ten other dudes that look like him with nice suits, ain't nothing to him. He's the bishop because of his gift. Hallelujah.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Pastor Ben same. He falls like Bishop Jakes. He got suits too, but what is it it's, it's his gift that's working that that's bringing him people knowing him his gift from God to go out there and do his business and to do everything else that he does it's his gift the way he communicates and leads men the way it's his gift yes. it's to listen I wish I had some some gifts up in here <laughs> some packages if I just when I come and hand you that box with the with the wrapping paper on it, that's cool thank you. I want to see what's on the inside. So everybody, we're walking around here like somebody's going to be excited about our box. (laughs) They're not excited about your box. What's what's on the inside of the box? When I open up the box and rip it over and look on the inside of there, oh, here's the gift. The gift ain't the box, it's what's inside the box. And Jesus gave you a gift. But we keep celebrating the box. Come on now. He gave you a gift. He put something in you. That will give you the ability to fulfill his words, to have dominion on the earth. But we keep talking about the box.
1: Keep dressing kids up.
0: We're gonna dress our kids up too.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm not literal, I'm figurative. Just, just you understand what I'm saying. We keep dressing the kids up, running them on the stage and putting babies up there. But we don't celebrate the real thing that happened. In this day, in the city of David, a savior is born to you. Savior, the concept that will save you. Who is the savior? It's Christ. Oh, the anointing. God sent. What did he do? God sent his spirit in the form of flesh in Jesus. With the intention that the flesh was going to be planted. Mm-hmm. Broken and planted. Right. So that the gift could come out. Yes. That's what happened when they went to the upper room in the book of Acts. For all of us Pentecostal people. Yep. When the gift got broken. the gift, when, when the box got broken the gift came out. And the gift. The, the Bible says that the gift sat on them. And as cloven tongues of fire. And they were all filled with the gift. That got born in Luke chapter 2. The gift was born, the gift was broken, and the gift was poured out. The gift was born, the gift grew, the gift got broken, and the gift was poured out. And you know what, and he told him, he said, listen, what did he tell us? He said, I don't want y'all to start trying to do nothing until you get this gift. Go and stay in that upper room until I send this gift. I was born to be broken so my gift could be poured out. How many of us in this room went through hard times and things and we're telling God, oh God, oh God. But maybe that gift, maybe your brokenness will help at some point for your gift to be poured out. He was born to be broken so his gift could be poured out. Matter of fact, at one point, you remember the time when his parents, they left him and they forgot him over there. Mm -hmm. And they said they had to come back them days journey and they found him in the temple working his gift. He wasn't standing there being an extra. His gift was on display and they were shocked. They said, why didn't you do this? He said, didn't you know I must be about my father's business? My father gave me something and I have to pour it out. I have to pour it out. Let's keep going. I've I got the most challenging, unfriendly Christmas message of any preacher in the whole world. Because it's not about no manger right now. That manger saying ain't going to help you when you get at home. Looking at them bills or they call you from the doctor's office saying the test came out like this. Or such and such and had this happen. That manger saying ain't going to do nothing for you. This will though. This will. Go to Luke chapter 4 verse 16. Which is the fulfillment of Isaiah 61. Luke 4.16 is the fulfillment of Isaiah 61. They read about the same. Isaiah 61 is more connected also to Isaiah 10.27. Luke chapter 4. Matter of fact, let's read Isaiah 61. Go to Isaiah 61 first. The prophesying of what Jesus came back and said. See, we love Jesus. Everybody in here love Jesus? Yes, sir. So don't don't listen to what the pastor's saying. Listen to Jesus. If you have a hard time believing what I'm saying, believe what what Jesus is about to say in a minute. When we get to Luke chapter (coughs) 4. Isaiah 61. We're going to read it this morning. What version am I reading from? I don't know. Uh, I don't know what version this is. I didn't put it in my notes. Isaiah 61 starts off, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath appointed me. No, I'm in the wrong place. Hold on. Man, this is early part of my uh, being saved and going to the ministry. This was one of my I lived in this scripture. Isaiah 61 starting verse 1. Okay, that was Luke, uh, Luke chapter 4. Isaiah 61 verse starting verse 1 says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim the freedom of, for the captives, to release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year. Who? Now now I told you they talking about a new year But they only talking about one They don't keep switching it every year Right To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor And the day of vengeance of our God To comfort all who mourn And to provide those who grieve in Zion And to bestow them a crown of beauty Instead of ashes The oil of joy Instead of mourning And a garment of praise Instead of the spirit of despair They will be called the oaks of righteousness The planting of the Lord uh, for the display of his splendor and they will rebuild the ancient ruins. Why? Why are they going to do these things? Because of this anointing, because of this gifting, because of this empowerment. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will restore the places long devastated. They will renew ruined cities. They have devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards, and you will be called the priests of the Lord, and you will be named the ministers of our God, and you will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches shall you boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive the double portion. Instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in inherit, in your inheritance. And so you will inherit the double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice and hate robbery for wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the the peoples. And all those uh, who see them will acknowledge that they are my people, are the people that the Lord has blessed or empowered to prosper. I delay, delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in the Lord God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. Did somebody say garments of salvation?
1: Garments of salvation. Hold that
0: in your mind because we're going to come back to that. Uh, he's clothed me with the garments of salvation and arrayed me in the robe of righteousness as the bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and the bride adorns herself with ju- with her jewels for as the soil makes the spout to come up and the garden causes the seeds to to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make the righteous praise and spring uh, sing, spring up before all nations. So that's Isaiah 61. Now let's go to Luke chapter 4, where Jesus reads. Luke chapter 4. So Jesus is in the temple. He picks up, the, it says he goes to the spot and picked up in the spot And read this specific point. We're going to read uh, verses 1 first. And then we'll come back. We'll go down to 16 after that. Matter of fact, no. Hold on. Luke 4. All right, start at verse 16. Okay, so here it is. Now remember, they're talking about, it, they're talking about a specific date. In that day, talking about this specific year, right? Which I'm telling you that happened in Luke chapter 2. Verse 16 of Luke 4 says, He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, On the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. So he was a regular church attender. Even Jesus was regular at church. That means you need to get it together, right? He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. Did it say he just went to some book in Isaiah? It said he found the place. The same thing we just read is what Jesus read to the people. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. So here Jesus starts talking about this church word of the anointing. And here we just thought it was a good church word. But the Bible says that Christ, the Savior, the anointing was born on that day. It says the purpose of the anointing is to lift the burdens and to destroy yokes. And then Jesus picks up the Bible and finds the place where he starts talking about the anointing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set oppressed all, to to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then He rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down and said, we don't need to look for no more years. It's already, this is it. We don't need to look for 2020, 2021. We don't need to look no more. This is it. I am the gift here to be broken so I can be poured out, so you can have on the inside of you what I got on the inside of me.
1: Yes.
0: Somebody said shot it better than it. Do you remember when I told you a second ago, look for the uh to say that garments of salvation that we looked up in Isaiah? Chapter 61. Do you know what the word salvation means? In the Hebrew and in the Greek? They're basically, they're basically the same except for one word. In the Hebrew here, the word salvation means Yesha. Yesha. Uh, Yesha, sure, Yeshua, sure, same thing. And it means it means this is the definition of salvation, liberty, deliverance, prosperity, salvation, saving, rescue, safety, welfare. Now, this is not I'm not paraphrasing. This is what it reads. The definition of salvation is Yeshua, deliverance, prosperity, salvation, saving, deliverance, salvation, rescue, safety, welfare. So it says that you shall be clothed with the garments of salvation. That means you're going to be covered with all of these things that God said here of the definition of salvation is. Welfare, safety, deliverance, prosperity, healing, all that came with your salvation. Uh, Man, I don't know about that one, Pastor. I hear the good preaching. This is hard for me to swallow. How many of y'all in here that say that eat cake? Hmm? How many of y'all in here that, that might say it's hard for you to swallow, you eat cake? <laughs> Raise your hand if you eat cake in here. I love cake. Okay. Cake. Eat cake. <laughs> eat cake. <laughs> Birthday cake. Yes. Anniversary cake. Yes. Special. Yes. Special cake. cake. What yes. is it? Wedding cake. Wedding cake. Just eat cake. Like cake. Raise your hands out high if you like cake. I'm not saying if you're being healthy. I'm not saying if you're being healthy, but if you just like cake, raise up your hand. Okay. Brownies? That's cool. So watch this. Watch this. Now, this is class participation time. And we're going to refrain from one answer per person. Somebody start naming off the ingredients in cake.
1: Flour. Okay, come on, man. One at a time. Yeah.
0: Eggs. Flour. Anything else? Sugar. Sugar. No, not, not in the cake, in the cake inside the cake. Oil. Oh, oil! I thought she said foil. Good one. That's she got the best answer. I thought she said foil. So you said oil? You said eggs? You said flour? She said sugar, icing. All right. What else?
1: Milk.
0: Baking powder. Baking powder. Vanilla. Vanilla. Has anybody ever tasted just raw vanilla? with that's not in the. What? Do right. So she said it tastes nasty. Raw vanilla. And when last time one of y'all put uh, a spoonful of flour in your mouth? <laughs> I okay. So, so she said, don't, don't eat the flour. That tastes nasty. The vanilla tastes nasty. Right by itself. We don't put no vinegar in no cakes, girl. So listen, all of these ing- a lot of these ingredients by themselves that go into the cake, they don't taste good.
1: Especially Crisco. Right? Crisco? <laughs> Crisco salad. Crisco
0: solid oil. All this stuff go in the cake. But when you eat the cake when you eat the cake, do you taste these ingredients or you just taste the, all of them together? Right. Do we? We agree that, that vanilla don't taste good by itself. A spoonful of flour ain't the thing to do. Right? Oil, Crisco. And Rocky, the only one to eat raw eggs. Right? Okay, so here's my point. Here's my point. We say we like cake, but we don't like the things that go in the cake. But when we eat the cake, do we taste the stuff that went into the cake? But does that mean it's not in that just because we haven't tasted it? So your money may not be right right now, but the Lord says through your salvation, you prosperous.
1: Hallelujah.
0: You may have some issues with your body right now, but the Lord says through your salvation, you're healed. Come on. Yes. So just because you ain't tasting some of the ingredients in your salvation don't mean that they're not in there. That's
1: right. yeah, amen. Amen. Good. Yeah. Good.
0: Good. Just because you're not tasting some of the ingredients in your salvation don't mean they ain't in there. That's
1: right.
0: Oh, yeah. Sweet stuff. That's what, the, but see, all of the, all of those things to grow. You just said a mouthful, boy. He just said sweet stuff. Yeah. All of those ingredients go together to make life sweet.
1: Yes, it does.
0: God wants you to be made whole, mm-hmm. so life can be sweet. He prophesied. They prophesied about this anointing, about this gift that Jesus was going to bring. This anointing. That was going to change everything. We don't have to look for another year. We don't have to buy another black hat with with the with the number on it. We don't have to make the, the 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 party store rich anymore because they already did. They had the new year. Jesus is the baby. New year, two thousand years ago, it happened. We don't need to look for another one. The kingdom of God does not come with observation. They say you'll say look here, you'll look there, but the kingdom of God is within. God gave you a gift 2,000 years ago that will solve all of your problems. And he said that this gift is able to do exceeding abundantly above all he can ask, think, or imagine according to the power that if you will let it work on the inside of you. If you won't let it work on the inside of you, is that his fault? No, I'm guilty. There's been certain times I will confess this. I'll get some gifts or whatever. It might be a card, this, that, and the other. Two, three years later, and I forgot to open that thing. Mm-hmm. Open that thing up as a gift certificate. Oh, my God, I didn't even know I had that. <laughs> right? So listen, Jesus gave you a gift 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago that will put you in a position to dominate in whatever area he calls you to dominate. Remember what he said, the gift is to fulfill his purpose. Jesus gave me a gift 2,000 years ago. I'm going to end this morning. See, what I've got to talk about today is really like another three or four. I rushed it all together today because we've got to move on next week and the week after that. But I think I'm going to break it down some more. I'm going to do some YouTube videos, break it down some more. I rushed through three weeks' worth of stuff in one day this morning. But I want to read this. We started off in Job. We're going to finish at Job. Go to Job chapter 29. This is what made Job great. He said, but it didn't come till after. But the power of God was still at work. It wasn't working in the same way. It was working on him. It works in us. They were still working with him. So Job, Job is benefiting from the gift and the promise years before. Because the presence of the Father was still there. And I want to read. This is so wonderful what Job said right here. This is so moving and wonderful. I love it. Job chapter 29 And then Job was talking about a time Before all of this stuff happened And he tells, you what, he tells you why This is what happened Job chapter 29 Job continued his discourse Now watch what he says here I hope I can read it good enough So y'all, y'all can get this he says, how I long for the months gone by, for the days when God watched over me, when His lamp shone on my head and His light and by His light I walked through darkness. Oh for the days when I was in my prime, when God's intimate friendship blessed or caused my house to prosper, when God's intimate friendship blessed my house, when the Almighty was still with me, and my children were around me when my path was drenched with cream and the rock poured out streams of olive oil what is the what did they use to anoint the priest with Job here is describing whether he knew it or not he's describing the effects of the anointing on his life and this is what made him the greatest man in the east he says When the Almighty was still with me, start at verse 5. When the Almighty was still with me, God's presence, now how many of you understand where God's presence is, his power is? He don't don't leave one of them at home. If his presence show up, his power is there. He says, when the Almighty was still with me and my children were around me, when my path was drenched with cream, and the rock poured out streams of oil. Now watch, watch this. Job was a bad man for God. When I went to the gate of the city and I took my seat in the public square, the young men saw me and stepped aside. This is a man of God. Not in the church house. He's in the mainstream society. He says, when I took, when I went to the gate in the city and took my seat in the public square and the young men saw me and stepped aside. When the old men rose to their feet, the man of God, Job, in the house. The chief being refrained from speaking. Everybody shut up when Job came. And he just told you the purpose of how it happened was the streams of oil the anointing of God on my life caused this to happen. Uh, What verse do I stop at? Verse 8. The young men saw me and stepped aside. The old men rose to their feet. The chief men refrained from speaking and covered their mouths with their hands. The voices of the nobles were were hushed and their tongues stuck to the roof roof of their mouths. Whoever heard me heard Me spoke well of me and those who saw me commended me because I rescued the poor who cried for help. That sounds a lot like Isaiah 61 now and and Luke chapter four. This anointing doing the same thing. Helping poor, poor people because I rescued the poor for help and the fatherless who had no one to assist them. The one who was dying blessed me. I made the widow's heart sing. I put the righteous, put righteousness as my clothing. Now he's talking about being clothed in something. Justice was my robe and my turban. I was eyes to the blind. This 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 can't be no coincidence. This man talking about oil. He talking about the time he longed for how things was going good, and he looks at all of the effects of the oil, all of the effects of the anointing. He said, "When God was with me, he said I was I was a father to the needy." I took up the case of the stranger. I broke the fangs of the wicked. I snatched the victims from their teeth. I thought I would die in my own house. My days, as numerous as the grains of sand, my roots will reach the water. And the dew will lie all night on my branches. My glory will not fade. My bow will be uh, ever new in my hand. People listened to me expectantly, waiting in silence for my counsel. After I spoken, they spoke no more. My words fell gently on their ears. They waited for me as for showers and drank my words as a spring of rain. When you're anointed, you've got something to say. You're not anointed, you just need to keep quiet. You ain't working at anointing, you need to keep quiet. What verse is stopping? When I smiled at them, They scarcely believed it. The light of my face was precious to them. I chose the way for them that sat uh, as their chief and sat as their chief. I dwelt as a king among his troops. I was like one who comforts mourners. So all of these things similarly read what we saw in Isaiah 61, what we saw in Luke chapter 4, what Jesus talks about this anointing. Job says, this is what this was my life. When the the hand of God was on me, when the oil poured out of the rock, in the time of the anointing. This is what the anointing does. And And he didn't have just a church pew anointing. He wasn't just talking about happiness in the pew. He said, when I went in public amongst everybody else, when I went out in public amongst everybody else, the effects of the anointing were felt. And it's not about people moving out of your way. It's not about people thinking you're a big shot. He had influence. He had favor. He had increase. Because of the anointing of God on his life. The same thing that God gave to Job, God he gave it to us. But it was just on the outside of him. It's on the inside of us. Last scripture. Turn somebody, babe, turn to uh Colossians chapter one, verse twenty six and go through twenty eight. Colossians one twenty six through 28. 26 through 28. This, this scripture, you th- don't tattoo it on yourself. Do something with it. Come as close as you can, but don't never forget this scripture. Read it. You can read it from there.
1: The mystery of which was hidden for ages and generations from angels and men, but is now revealed to His holy people, the saints, to whom God was pleased to make known how great for the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ within and among you, the hope of real, the hope of realizing the glory.
0: Hallelujah. Twenty-eight. Twenty eight. Uh,
1: him we preach and proclaim, warning and, and admonishing everyone and instructing everyone in all wisdom, comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God, that we may present every person mature, full grown, fully initiated, complete and perfect in Christ the Anointed.
0: He says. This mystery that was hidden from ages, from from generations. This was God's plan to redeem man. Christ in human beings. The hope of glory. Now what do we learn? It's not Jesus' last name. Why do they keep using that? Why didn't they flip it around? The name of Jesus is important. That's not what I'm, I'm not saying it's not. But I'm telling you that the name Christ means something. Why do they keep using that? And then he said, he said, this is what they were going around preaching. If you look in the book of Acts... And it talks about the disciples going from one place to the other place. It said that we went and we preached Christ unto them. Yes. This is the message that they were going around preaching. How God, as a matter of fact, I'm quoting right now. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Yes. This is what they went around teaching that God anointed Jesus and the same anointing, the burden, removing the yoke, destroying power that was on Jesus is now on us. God sent the prayer, the package, the package was broken and the power was released. Hallelujah. You have power working that is ready to work on the inside of you, outside of the pews. But it's up to you whether you will use it. What does that look like? Is it, are, you, are you the next Benny Hinn? I don't know. Maybe, maybe the anointing is on you to be a politician. Maybe the anointing is on you to be a great mother to the next, uh, 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 next Benny Hinn. Maybe it's on you to be a businessman. God determines the gift to the person. But the anointing is not just for one thing. It's not just to preach and teach. It's not just for that. It's on whatever the purpose of God is in your life. God has empowered you to succeed at that purpose. By what He has put on the inside of you, and if you ignore that, you're not going to fulfill purpose. That's why. That's why the Scripture can say, "All things are possible for him that believes." Because of you, heck no. Because of the power of God on the inside of you, it makes everything possible. I don't know why this is not and in so many in many more places. This is the greatest Christmas gift you're gonna ever get. Exactly. Now I'm gonna put this up on the on the Facebook page you go back and listen to it. If you are like, duh, I don't get it. You need to go listen to it again. Mm-hmm. This is the reason I believe that whatever whenever I take on something, this is the primary reason why I believe I can succeed. Because I believe I'm anointed. Exactly. Not because I'm special, but because that's what God Jesus did for everybody. That's what came with my salvation. My anointing came with my salvation. Now, if you, you you don't have to accept this, but your victory ain't gonna go past the pew unless you accept this. And see, we, we know i have been a part of churches to where preachers made a spectacle, church was just a spectacle. People screaming and shouting and the hair falling back, the preacher making moves, theatrical moves. But then if you follow the preacher outside of the church house, ain't no victory. He's not doing what he said. He's just preaching. Praise God. Ain't no victory demonstrated in his life. And if ain't no victory demonstrated in the preacher's life, the people behind him ain't going to get none either. Church is not a place where you come and shout and put on theatrics. It's a place where we come and we hear, we, 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 we encounter God. And we look to obey the word. The Bible says he came to set the captives free. Any bondage you got in your life, I'm not denying you got bondage, but you don't have to stay in bondage. Good news. Came to set the captives free. If you can't pay your bills, good news. He got a way. He got another job for you, he got a business for you, he got something for you. He got a house for you, don't he? Whatever you need, he got it for you. But it's according to the power that works on the inside of you. That's what faith is all about. We're not looking for 2021. We're not looking for 2022. The kingdom of God is already within you. It happened 2,000 years ago. Before you was born, he gave you access. All you had to do was say yes. That's what Christmas is about for me. The true meaning of Christmas is that I am anointed.
1: Amen. Hallelujah.
0: I love my God, and every chance, every time I think about that, it, 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 that's what makes me. That's what makes me fall apart when I think about it. I'm anointed. He did that for me. The Bible says that when we take. Communion, every time we do this, do this in remembrance that because of what he did, we're anointed. What does does it say about that bread? This is his body. This bread represents his body that was broken for us. This cup represents his blood that poured out the anointing for us. And when we take on that bread and we take in that juice, I want you to remember what my death means for you. That's how I gave you my spirit. So what if you don't, if, even after all the scriptures I read you, you don't buy the anointing message. You cannot buy that the spirit of God lives on the inside of you without no power. Nobody, you, you, you can't buy that. That it it's not for sale. Where God's spirit goes, his power goes.
1: Yeah, amen.
0: There's no such thing. You can't strip it, you can't separate it. Where the spirit of God goes, his power goes. No, what you can do is make an excuse and say, I'm not going to use it. And we can come to church and we can preach good messages. But my my priority is, if I can't take this outside of here, I I don't need to come in here. If this don't work, if the only place this works for me is in this room, amongst y'all, I don't need this. Because I can go in any room and have a good time. He didn't die for me to come in this room and have a good time. He died and left me what he left me so that I can go out and see people rescued from hell, from darkness, from sickness, from depression outside of here. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Why you stand on your feet with me?